Listen as Dr. Spiro Catalan, Dr. Reem Mustafa, and Lena Russell discuss opportunities and challenges related to the TTP registry. This podcast is part of a comprehensive educational resource designed by leading experts for the global community to help you stay abreast of the evolving science and latest clinical advancements in thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. Hello there, my name is Lena Russell uh, and I'm an ICU physician in Copenhagen, Denmark and I have a special interest in hematological ICU patients. I'm so pleased to introduce my colleagues, Dr. Spiro Catalan from Ohio, a hematologist with extensive knowledge about TTP and Dr. Reem Mustafa from Kansas, a nephrologist who's also been uh, working on the ISTH guidelines for TTP. Really great to be here with you and I would really like to know more about the registries, the TTP registers today. You know, as a European, I'm mostly familiar with the French natural registry for uh, TTP, but I know there's several others, uh, including the Oklahoma TTP registry, as well as registries for hereditary TTP. Could you tell us more about them? How are they managed? Well, certainly. It's, so the organization historically, really, over the last 15 to 20 years, for the registry has been country-based in the UK, in France, in Italy primarily. Uh, and in the US, it's been more institutional based. Oklahoma has a registry, Washington University uh, in St. Louis. At Ohio State, we've had a registry going back 17 years. Um, and really the importance of these registries in a rare disease is, is the ability to retrospectively study uh, issues that might be studied prospectively in other diseases that are more common. So these have really been essential to lay the groundwork for our understanding of the disease, as well as the organization for the prospective studies, the Kaposismab studies, for example. Um, Many of the patients for these studies came from these registries. In recent years, back the last four to five years, we've established the United States uh, Thrombotic Microangiopathy Consortium, or the USTMA, trying to really emulate what's been done by my colleagues uh, in Europe. So it's a US-wide based registry with retrospective and and additionally prospective studies uh, to help answer important questions in the field. Okay, so how large a proportion of patients are, you know, with TTP or within these registries? It's a good question. Not nearly as many as it should be. I think what you see in Europe, they're more centralized, the treatment for TTP. And in the U.S., it's a bit different. There are certainly institutions that see more TTP and other TMAs and other institutions, but the patients are more widely disseminated, so they can be seen in the community practice setting as well as the universities. So I think what we are seeing in terms of patients in the registries in the U.S. is certainly a minority of the patients. The goal of the U.S. TMA consortium uh, is to really try to coordinate multiple sites, university sites as well as community sites, to have all patients captured, if possible, in these registries for the purposes of both retrospective and prospective studies to improve our knowledge of the disease and treatments and outcomes. This is probably um, important, given the distribution of how uh, treatment is received in the United States and, and outside to actually have, be quite innovative in engagement um, efforts with the patient groups, with advocacy groups, uh, really involving um, social media campaigns, because the most important question is how do patients and providers know about the existence of a registry, which can provide very valuable 
uh, evidence to move the field forward. Irene, that's an excellent observation. Historically, these, these have been physician-driven registries, meaning there's a physician with expertise or interest and will enroll patients they see in this registry. So it was the patients driving the physicians to the registries. What we've seen with our USTMA consortium is it almost flips. There are certainly physicians who are involved in this, bringing their patients on board. But we also see patients interacting with our consortium and our physicians on social media through these advocacy groups, such as Answering TTP, a Canadian group. So you see the organization, the patients, in a way, interacting with the consortium and then secondarily bringing physicians in. So it's a very inclusive group, again, with a wide, diverse range of physicians in the consortium, those that see a few cases and those that see more. But it's, I think it's quite interesting how we now have patients enrolled. It's almost the patients driving the physicians as much as the physicians driving the patients into these registries. Well, that, I think that's really impressive. I think it's an amazing piece of work that's done through these registries. And uh, some very important research results has been published. For example, the French studies about the prognostic value of cardiac markers, such as troponin. And I must say, for me as an ICU physician, that makes great sense. And it makes it much easier for me to identify patients at risk of a more severe presentation. And that is work that would not have been possible without this very systematic approach registering patients over the years. I certainly agree. Um, you really increase your ability to do, again, retrospective and prospective studies. And, and it was being with Paul Capo who helps to lead the French group about eight to nine years ago and talking with him about how they organized their registry that led me to believe we might be able to do the same in the U.S., kind of emulating what they've done. And it's really been successful. It's been a nice model. What we've done really is modeled after what uh, the French uh, done as well as the U.K. group. Yeah, and I guess, you know, with the development of the new treatments such as caplacizumab, I guess you have a huge opportunity to follow implementation of these new drugs. And, you know, when patients are starting to get treated with them outside settings of randomized trials, including, I guess, following significant side effects if they appear. I think so. I think you're seeing registries both in, in Europe and in U.S., our U.S. to make consortium being really a primary source for some of the post-marketing follow-up data to really monitor these patients that are being treated not on studies. Um, and it's really the goal of the registry to follow patients longitudinally to look for things like this, long-term side effects, but also things about the TTP that we know, these long-term complications, mood disorders, cognitive deficits that can develop, as well as some cardiovascular issues long-term. So I think these registries are really laying the foundation for really helping all physicians in the U.S. learn how to follow these patients. Um, and I think it's improving the education uh, and knowledge base for physicians, both in the registries as well as those outside of them. And I'm so glad you're mentioning this because... Um, it is really key that the leaders and people who organize the registry actually kind of continue to update them according to changes in the field. So the fact that there is now a treatment, are there needs for modifications to the registry or amendments that makes, you know, capturing that data clear. I think the other important point is to ensure that there is standardization. So again, I'm, I'm really glad that you're talking with the European colleagues because 
it would be even more powerful if multiple registries can be put together sometimes to answer one question, while maybe the incidence and prevalence of a condition is important to look at the uh, jurisdiction and geographical variation, but some other outcomes like post-marketing, you know, follow-up. It would be really important to see how much consistency or inconsistency there is uh, with what we see with those patients. So um, very exciting that they exist, exciting that you guys continue to talk and and hoping that uh, there will be always a plan and a vision for updating according to the needs of the field. No, thank you. It really is a collaborative group. So it's a very small field um, worldwide doing TTP research and a very collaborative, cooperative group. We're all good friends and colleagues, and we go back and forth um, with research projects. What one registry has discovered or reported can be validated in the other registries and vice versa. And as well, when there's a need for prospective study in a rare disease, Um, whether it's universities or pharmaceutical companies, can just go to several registries to enroll a great number of patients. So it's this pre-existing organization that can be used, again, retrospective studies as well as for the completion of prospective studies in a rare disease. Well, it's been really nice hearing some more and learning some more about all the work you do. And, uh, you know, we're all benefiting from it, both uh, physicians and patients and Looking very much forward to uh, see what your future research work, the future results from uh, the registries, especially when you start merging your data. It'll be very interesting. And thank you so much. Check back for more podcasts on thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. Additional education on TTP is available on academy.isth.org.